It is a new day, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. I am blessed to fellowship with you as we spend the next few moments hearing the word of God. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is your moment to receive life and bring in the message of life is our friend and our teacher, Pastor Josh. I am trying to establish in this series of teachings that you can make a prophecy come to pass or you can negate or actually walk against a prophecy. Hallelujah. What is a prophecy? A prophecy is the news in advance given by the Almighty. The news about your situation. The news about your family. The news about your destiny in advance as declared by the Almighty God. Praise the Lord. I guess there's always a feeling about everyone. Everyone wants to know what the future holds for them. Nobody wants to be in the dark. You want to know if I'm supposed to be a medical doctor or if I'm supposed to be an engineer. You want to know where ahead of time. That way, you don't waste time going around in circles. You want to know if I'm going to remain as an employee of this company or if I have to go and open my own business or start my own business. You want to know in advance if I should marry this lady or if I should marry this man. You want to know in advance if I'm to move to Arizona or if I'm to move to Alaska or if I'm to sit put in Oklahoma. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of us know that we serve the God that understands tomorrow? The God that creates tomorrow? How many of us know that we serve a God that wants to bless us? Hallelujah. How many of us know that we serve a God that is a speaking God, a talking God? He wants to talk to us about our future. Praise the Lord. So, Isaiah 38 from verse number 1. I started this series last week. And one of the key scriptures I used was Isaiah chapter number 38. To be a blessing. Amen. And I want you to be ready. I may not call you out and give you a word. But, you know, as I'm proclaiming the gospel from here. The Holy Ghost will take it and break it into pieces and give you your portion. In the name of Jesus, there is somebody here you have been waiting for a word. You have been waiting for a confirmation from God. Today, you will get that confirmation. In your spirit, you will know that you know that you know that God has spoken to you. And therefore, I command your spiritual ears to be open. I say I command your spiritual ears to be open. I command it to pop open now in Jesus' name. Isaiah 38 and verse number 1. He said, in those days, Ezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now, this is a sentence from the almighty God. Nobody can reverse God. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, where the word of a king is, there is power. You don't ask God that, why are you doing that? No, no, no. Once God speaks, he speaks. You can't, listen, he is a king. He's not president. He's not the president of the universe. He's not the president of heaven. The president can be taken to court. The president can be challenged by the Congress. 
The Senate can veto some bills by the president. Hallelujah. The media can rise up against the president. But we are talking about a king whose words reign supreme. His word goes unchallengeable. Hallelujah. You can't deny his word. His decrees are final. So when he says, let there be light, light necessarily must follow. When he says, be lifted up, and you must be lifted up. No enemy can keep you down. When the word of the king comes and says, it is your time to manifest, that will be your portion in the name of Jesus. When the word of the king comes and says, arise, and let your light break forth like never before, that will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. I said, that will be your big, big testimony in the name of Jesus. So the king of glory comes. And he sent a word to this king, Ezekiah, and says, listen. Now, I don't know what's been going on with him, but the word comes to him. Say, get your house in order. It is time for you to cross over to the other side of eternity. Which, like I explained last week, shows that God loves us. He doesn't want anybody to end up in hell. He will give you every available opportunity to get it right, to get it right, to straighten out your acts and your conduct. He doesn't want you to die in a mess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the word comes, it's, you are going home. That's it. It can't be stronger than that. See what follow. Verse number two. Then Ezekiah turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord. Verse three. And said, remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. And I've done what is good in your sight. And Ezekiah wept bitterly. Wept bitterly. Hallelujah. It's okay to be in the presence of God and weep sometimes. Man, the problem we are having is that we have macho men and macho women in the presence of God. They come to church. They want to act tough. They want to talk tough. No. The, the church is a place where you break down. You wait before the Lord. You throw your status aside. You throw your riches, your prosperity. Keep it aside. Come like a child. Come as a child. Forget your diploma, your college diploma. Forget your masters. Keep those things aside. Those things are good. But when you come before the Lord, you keep those things aside. You come not on the strength or the basis of your credentials. You come as a child to a loving father. Somebody shout a big amen. You just come before his feet and talk to him and weep and worship him lavishly, recklessly. Can somebody give me a big amen? amen. So he turns and he weeps. A man weeping. A man weeps. You know, in my culture, where I was brought up, we are told that men are not supposed to cry. No, have you heard that before? And, now, and as I began to grow, it began to bother me. Look at the women. The women live longer. The women, they live longer. And the men die before the women. What's happening here? Because for a woman, when anything is bothering her, you will hear about it. Somebody will hear about it. Somebody around the house will hear about it. 
Somebody will hear about it. And if it's time to cry, they will cry. You know, I love women. You see women, when they're happy, they cry. And when they're sad, they cry. Valentine's Day, you give them a good gift, they cry. You don't give them, they cry. And listen, those crying, those release of tears, is releasing something on the inside of them. But meanwhile, we guys, we are trying to act tough. And we bottle up things in our heart, trying to act macho, big guy. And then one day, something bursts. Because you have been internalizing all these things. You know, and you have been projecting this image on the outside, but you are crying like a baby on the inside. Hallelujah. And I say, look, it's okay. Don't want to be crying before your wife. You know? That doesn't even make sense. If you cry before your wife, you are finished. <laughs> Till you die, you will hear it. <laughs> Don't want to stay away. I just love you. And then you cry. <laughs> I just love. But it's okay to cry before Jesus. It's okay for your wife to see you weep in the place of worship. It's okay for your wife or your children to see you on your knees worshiping the king. Glory to God. Oh, what a joy. They wake up at night to go and use the bathroom. And they meet you in the sitting room. You're on your knees. Your hands are up. What a joy. What an indelible mark you are leaving in their memory. They grow with that in their heads. They see a father who is praying. They see a mom who is praying very early in the morning when the children are sleeping. Hallelujah. So, king, the king weeps. The king cries. Verse 4. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, that means again, go and tell Ezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely, I will add to your days 15 years. 15 years. 15 years. Somebody's life is being elongated here. Somebody was supposed to die at 60, but you will live to be 90. Somebody's supposed to die at 70, you will live to be 96. Somebody's supposed to pass at 80, you will live to be 97. In the mighty name of Jesus. I prophesy under this unction that you shall live to fulfill your destinies in the name of Jesus. I declare upon somebody here today that you shall walk in sync with God's timetable for your life, with God's calendar for your life in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not be late according to God's timetable. You will not run ahead of God in the name of Jesus. You will always be in season. You will be in sync with God's plan for your life. Come on, somebody shout a believing amen. And God says that we add 15 years. So that means God has power to add to your life. Listen, while you are praying for financial miracle, start praying also for longevity. Lord, there's a lot to be done. And there are very few good men and few good women around. There's a lot to be done. You can begin to ask God, Lord, keep me to 90. Preserve my life to 95. Preserve my life to 100. Amen. If you can stay to 100, that means you have to alter some things now. Because it can be 100 and you'll be on your wheelchair. That's not, that's not, that's not nice. Right. It can be 100 and you can't do anything for yourself. And you're lying on the bed there. 
That's not nice. So prayer, there's a place for prayer. There's also a place for action. That means some of our habits now. Some of the things we eat. Glory to God. Some of the things we drink. Right? Mm? So you got to alter things. Eat right. Multivitamins. Mm? It's no sin to take multivitamins. Drink lots of water. These are common sense things. Yeah, you pray, but you also do common sense things, natural things. Hallelujah. Stay away from hate. The more bitterness you have here, the more bitterness you have here, the more unforgiveness you have here, the more people like that, they die like this. They're always down with terminal disease. People who live with unforgiveness, they die of terminal disease. Are you hear what I'm saying? Keep a clear heart. Be in a hurry to forgive people. Be in a hurry to release people. Don't keep things, internalizing things. You're trying to prove a point to who? Have you not seen people say, over my dead body, I will not forgive such a person. What's wrong with you? What have you been smoking, man? You need to smoke some Jesus. Think with me for a second. This is a prophet. He brings the word of God. Now, this is a king. And I'm sure his servants were around. They had when he brought the first word. And now he's going. And the king is crying. And they are watching their king crying. And they watch, they heard the prophecy. And then maybe minutes later, maybe 15 minutes later or 10 minutes later, this same prophet comes again and says, oh, the Lord says I'm adding 15 years. What do you think will be going on in the heads of those servants? Oh, my God. They have come again. He's just trying to manipulate this king. I thought God said, so God just changed himself like this, like this. Okay, what has happened now? Don't you think that will leave doubt in the minds of the people? It will leave doubt. Oh, my goodness. Mm, they have come. All these prophets, all these pastors. Ah, ah. Stop saying things that God did not say. If you don't hear from the God, shut up. And that is how it is. Glory to God. They had doubt, but God has spoken. Why? Because somebody responded to the word of God. In other words, a prophecy came and it was going to happen. But somebody altered the prophecy by his action. So you can alter prophecy by your actions. You can alter prophecy by your words. And that is the whole essence of this teaching. Somebody give me a believing amen. And one of the conditions, we began to give conditions. Conditions for prophetic secrets to be fulfilled. The first one we give was that the prophetic needs to be coupled with prayer. With prayer. When you receive a word in your spirit, you have to go before the Lord constantly. Go on your knees and begin to pray concerning that situation. Because you heard that prophecy, but, this, but Satan also heard the prophecy. The enemies also had the prophecy. The naysayers, they also had that prophecy. All the demons in hell had the same prophecy. And they are going to throw everything at you. They are going to try to stop you. They are going to try to frustrate you. They are going to try to distract you. Hallelujah. So when you get a prophetic declaration, it is time to get on your knees and Pray it into manifestation. And we saw it in, with Elijah. Elijah, I'm not going to uh, give the scriptures. He prophesied that there will be no rain for three and a half years. 
And then if you go to the book of James, you will see that the Bible says he's a, a man like us. And he went on his knees and he prayed very hard. In other words, he didn't just prophesy. After prophesying, he went into his closet and prayed and prayed and prayed. Just when you think you prayed, you pray again. Just when you think you prayed, you pray again. Not two minutes prayer. You pray again. You pray intensely. Glory to God. And when the three and a half years passed, it was time to release the heavens. The Bible says, and he prayed again. Second Kings, you see it? And he got on his knees, told King Ahab, go up and, he, and eat. I hear the sound of rain. Why the king went about eating, he went to the prayer mountain to pray. To make sure that the prophetic declaration comes to pass. And that was exactly what happened. I mean, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 to 42. Number two condition, the prophetic must be coupled with obedience. When you hear a prophetic declaration, obedience is the master key. Obedience. Most prophecies, there are conditions attached to them. Most prophecies come with condition. They will tell you, you are going to be great. They will tell you, you are going to be the president. They will tell you, you're going to be happily married. They will tell you, you are going to live long. Like I said here now, I want us to live long, but I also said you have to endeavor to do this and this. Drink lots of water. Those are conditions attached to it. Glory be to God. Take your multivitamins. Eat lots and lots of vegetables. Try and get as much rest as possible. Stay away from strife. Stay away from unforgiveness. These are things that are attached to it. And all the promises of God, they are not automatic. There are conditions attached to them. Praise Master Jesus. But unfortunately, we hear a prophetic declaration. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! We, we, we are not sober enough to receive the instruction that goes with it. Hallelujah. Amen. Obedience has a lot to do with whether God's word for your life will come to pass. Obedience. Obedience. Paul's household was supposed to be king over Israel forever. But disobedience truncated that process. Hallelujah. Obedience is very, very important. Somebody shout a big amen. And then, today, I take it a bit further. Number three, the prophetic word must be coupled with faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 2. Hebrews 4 and verse number 2. Hebrews 4 and verse number 2. Thank you, Jesus. Look at it. He said, for indeed... The gospel. What is the gospel? Good news. Good news, right? Say, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they had did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who had it. Not being mixed with faith by those who had it. So when the word of the Lord comes, you must open up yourself to receive it and to believe it. Be it unto you according to your faith. You must mix it with faith. 
you must understand that the person who is speaking has the capacity to make it happen. And that is God. No demons can frustrate it apart from you by your actions or except if you take side with the demons and with the enemies. Glory to God. You must have faith in the one who is speaking to you and that is the king of glory. You must have faith in the one who is speaking into your destiny and that is the creator of the heavens and the earth. You must have faith in the one that is speaking concerning your life and that is the one the Bible says that the seven oceans that are in his hands. You must have faith in the one who is speaking to you and that is the one that loved you enough to send his only begotten son to die on the cross of Calvary for you. You must have faith in the one that is speaking that is going to heal you, that he's the great healer. Glory to God. You must have faith. You cannot doubt a word of prophecy and that word will work for you. No. I don't care who prophesied over you. It may be an apostle. It may be a cardinal. It may be a pope. But if you do not believe the word, it will not work for you. You have to believe it. Tell your neighbor, say, I will believe the word of God. Talk to the other neighbor, say, I will believe the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. The word came to Mary. Oh, and I said, Mary, you're going to have a child. And Mary said, but how can these things be? And the angel Gabriel began to talk to Mary. And eventually, hear what Mary says. Mary says, let it be to me according to your word. She didn't know how it was going to happen. How can you have a baby without a man, without a male corporation? It wasn't going to happen. But Mary believed. Why? Because the angel convinced her. So the word of prophecy, the word of prophecy to be profitable must be mixed with faith. Hallelujah. Stop looking at the inadequacies of the vessel that the Lord is using to speak that word to you. It is not his word. It is the word of the Lord. The everlasting king of glory. Don't you understand? If I were to stand here and say, Big C, you know what? I'm going to give you $500 tomorrow. Will you believe me? Yeah, you will believe me. Because you look at me, you say, oh man, he has the capacity to give him $500. Now, if I say, Big C, tomorrow I'm going to give you $2 billion. <laughs> you know you're not going to believe me. You say, in faith, I receive it. Glory to God. I mean, some of you have known me for some time, months, years, and whatever. There are things I will tell you. You don't even have to check it out. You just say, oh, it's done. It's a done deal. That is it. The one who is speaking to your destiny is the one that can do and undo. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And sometimes those words of prophecy, they come to encourage you, to inspire you, to redirect you. That's why those words come in most cases. Identify the source of that word. And you see that you have every reason to believe that word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His word is true and amen. The Bible says that he values, he cherishes, he honors his word more than his own name. Glory to God. The integrity of the word of God cannot be challenged. It can only take God to reverse himself. Nobody else can reverse God except with God's cooperation. 
And that is the God that we are talking about. Shout hallelujah. So the prophetic word number one must be coupled with prayer. Number two, what is going to happen? Obedience. Without obedience, the prophetic word cannot come to manifestation. Number three, the prophetic word must be coupled with faith. With faith. With faith. Number four, the prophecy must be coupled with the right environment. The right environment. Hear what the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse number 14. Mark 4, verse number 14. If I can have it on the screen. Mark 4 and verse number 14. He said, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. As I'm talking to you right now, I'm sowing the word in you. I'm sowing the word. I'm not giving you words to inform you. No, I'm not, if, I'm not teaching for the purpose of information. Hallelujah. I am sowing a word. Seeds of destiny. I'm sowing a word into your life. And I hope your spirits are open and they are receptive in the name of Jesus. Yeah. The sower sows the word. Uh-huh. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. He said, when they hear, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Uh-huh. The, this likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. This one, they are the ones who they cannot go home to read the Bible for themselves. They can't believe God for themselves. They cannot pray for themselves. Hallelujah. They don't know the elementary things of you know, Christian discipline. So they always have to ride on the waves of other people. You know, yeah, it's okay to start that way, but you're not supposed to remain that way. You're supposed to grow. Hallelujah. And partly, many of us pastors, we are responsible for it. We just feed the people. We spoon feed them. We spoon feed them. They have any problem, we pray them out of it. We don't hold their hands. We don't empower them. We don't teach them principles so that they can stand on their own. And part of it is that we want to remain the big fish in the ocean. We want everybody to come to us. No, you should duplicate yourself. You see, your workers, your leaders should be able to do everything you are doing. Teach them. That's exactly what Jesus did. For three and a half years, he poured himself. And they have no root in themselves. Endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the world's sake, immediately they stumble. Mm -hmm. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for all the things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So it, not every word, it's not every word that is fruitful. It's not every word. You see some people, they are on fire for God. Wait till they get married. You see some people, they are on fire for God. Wait till they have children. You'll be wondering what the heck happened. What happened to this person? Glory to God. Oh, tell me we're on fire for God. Wait till they get that dream job. You will see how faithful you are. The cares of this world, we choke the word of God and make the word of God unproductive, unprofitable. Oh, pastor, I cannot come to church again because I walk. I have to go to work. You are really working. Congratulations. Keep working. Look, do you know where you are working? Because you have life. 
and God forbid that your enemy passes on, guess what is going to happen? The very next day, somebody is sitting on your desk. They don't like you. In honor of 35 years of meritorious service, they give you a plaque and one wrist to watch. You want to die. So I was telling the choir, I said, listen, look at the major Christian artists in Nigeria. Call them Sinaj. Call them Joe Praise. These guys in their own rights. And they are doing godly things. Just like Big C's blessed us this morning. They are doing godly things. And they are bigger. And they are mega. More than the so-called worldly artists. And they are making money. And they are famous. But they didn't fight for these things. This thing came to them just by staying there. Hallelujah. You see, every good thing starts from the church. If you look at it very well, you know, I was shocked when somebody told me two weeks ago that Nikki Minaj used to be a church girl. That she started from the choir. Hallelujah. They are bigger. They are richer. They are more famous. They didn't allow the world to make them drift apart. That is the whole essence of this. You have no reason. Check from Genesis to Revelation. There was not one single time that an excuse was acceptable to God. Every excuse that man gave was rejected. Every excuse uh, women gave, they were rejected. No excuse was good enough. Oh my God, I could have been on fire for God, if not for my husband. My husband doesn't want to serve God with me. Oh my God, as a pastor, the church is not growing because my wife is demon possessed. Then if you are the pastor truly, cast out the demon from her. Even if you can't do it openly. Because it will cause war. At least you sleep on the same bed. So at night, you suspect that it's a demon. Why? Do her like this. Make sure she's sleeping. So that you don't touch the tail of a snake. Do like this. She's sleeping. Put her. Shut her. Pour oil on her. Cast her the demon. So the point is, no excuse is good enough. Glory to God. But the, vitally speaking, the Bible says, says the world is the seed of God. And like every seed, every seed needs a good environment. Every seed has to be in a place that we water it, that it will be nurtured, that it will be consciously cultivated. Listen, listen guys. I don't care how gifted a fish is. You know fish? If you take a fish out of the river and out of the ocean and you take it to a desert, it will not last minutes. True. Hallelujah. The Bible says that there was a time that a distressing spirit will come upon Saul. I still shared that in the house, in the house two, three days ago. And they now advise King Saul, get a man who is gifted, who is handsome, who has a good spirit, so come and play music for you while you are going through that stage. And guess who they went to bring? They went and brought David. David, the 17 year old. So, you see, they thought that he was coming to play harp for the king. But they don't know that they were bringing him into the palace to learn the ways of royalty. To learn the ways of the kingdom. 
As he's there, they are talking about the economy. He's picking things up. As he's there, they are talking about war. He's picking things up. He's seen the, he's seen the king talk to the generals in the military. He sees the way the king administers justice between conflicting interest in the kingdom. He was learning the ways of royalty. Glory be to God. Look at Moses. Moses was sent to the back of the desert to stay with somebody who, you know who that was? That was Jethro. Jethro was a priest. He was a priest to nurture him. To Oraba Satakaya. Hallelujah. The right environment of prayer, the right environment of worship, the right environment where, oh man, this church, I can't wait for the church to grow because I can't say some things. Hallelujah. You need the right environment. Why is it? Why is it? No, I'm not going there. You need the right environment. Listen, who was I talking to yesterday? Somebody. Listen, somebody who went, who attended, I'm going to call the name of a school. Some of you will not understand it, that's okay. But some of you will understand it, okay? All right? Somebody who attended Ajangbadi Community Comprehensive School. The chances of such a person succeeding as somebody that went to Yale or Harvard. is different. It's different. Even in this our Christian race, I say it every time when you want to start out. If you are from a polygamous home, for example, I won't tell you to start with Winner's Church or Baptist Church or Methodist Church if you're from a polygamous home or from a highly, highly demonized place. Don't start with Baptist. Don't start with Methodist. It will mess you up. Because the only prayer here, plus God minus devil in Jesus' name. That's the only prayer. But you start from a place like Apostolate Church. You start from a place like Mountain of Prayer Mountain of prayer, fire ministries. Are you hear what I'm saying? Where do we break some things with prayer? Shandami Kenibi Boradika Radede Kamunala Shakayadaba. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. We didn't just gather here now this morning. I'm not supposed to say it, but I'll say it to you. This morning, at about 11:30, we do it every Sunday now. 11:30 p.m. The men president, the women president, we're all here. 11:30 p.m. We gather here. And we pray. You can pray till 1 o'clock. And on 1.15. We stopped at 1 o'clock this morning. And then we went home, showered. And by 8.45 we are here again for prayer. Are you here? So we didn't just show up. No. You need a right environment. And that is why you look at all of them. They are rising like giants. They are rising. They are rising. They are rising like giants. Stories are being changed. Supernatural debt cancellation. Half a million dollars, case dismissed, no questions asked, and now we are expecting restoration because they must pay you back. In the name of Jesus, cancer, healing of cancer is like child's play. Like child's play. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
the right environment is very, very important. The prophetic word must be coupled with the right environment. I'm going to leave that for now. Number five, the prophecy needs to be coupled with proper spiritual warfare. What is spiritual warfare in this case? Warfare involves chasing out the enemy. Because as you are trying to gather, as you are trying to make it happen, guess what the enemy tries to do? The enemy tries to stop you. The enemy tries to truncate it. Hallelujah. The enemy tries to distract you. Number six, what is a condition for the fulfillment of the prophetic work concerning your life? Number six, prophetic work has to be coupled with right timing. Timing. I guess this is where most of us have problems. Let me ask you a question. We receive a word today and we are expecting that that word will happen like yesterday. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. There is a process. You see, the law of process, you can't put it away. There is a time. Can I ask you a question, Prophet Isaiah? He gave the prophecy about the birth, the coming of the Messiah, about 700 years before Jesus was born. I believe that while Isaiah was giving that prophetic declaration, I believe he thought that it was going to happen in his own lifetime. Did it happen in his own lifetime? It didn't happen. So there are words that will be given to you. It may not happen until 10 years from now. It must be jealously guarded in your secret place. Hallelujah. They give a word concerning your son, concerning your daughter, concerning your husband. There were things I believed for 10 years ago. I'm only just now seeing them. Because, and I thank God for it. Because if I received them 10 years ago, I would not have known what to do with those things. I would have blown those things up. It's pretty much like a child who is 7 years old and is asking for a car. No matter how much you love that child, you're not going to give him that car. He has to wait. There's a timing. There's a timing. But we are always in a hurry. The word of God is yea and amen. The word of God is settled in heaven. Mm, forever, O oh Lord. Your word is settled. Once it is pronounced, it will manifest. When you work with all these conditions, you soak it in prayers. You agree with what God is saying concerning your condition. The word of God must come to pass. Especially when you don't frustrate it with your own mouth. Because the greatest killer of destiny is our mouths. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Timing, timing, timing. But you know, when we are in pain, then we throw time out of the window. We want it like now, like yesterday. I want it like yesterday, like yesterday. I want it like yesterday. Glory to God. I have many daughters here, spiritual daughters. And this is what I tell many of them. And everyone that has waited, God bless them. It's not just any man talking to you. You are not supposed to marry any man. And I'm not saying there's no perfect man anywhere. Even as I'm standing here, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? But not every man is supposed to be your husband. Wait for the right man. Don't rush into the... Or you just broke off in a relationship. And you rush into the arms of the first available man or the first available woman. You're going to make a big mistake. Wait. Just wait. Waiting is hard. Waiting is difficult. I understand. But eventually, when your breakthrough shows up, it is more than worth it. Yeah. Hey, I say it is more than worth it. 
it is more than worth it. Amen. And, and, th- and I think for many of us who are parents, we also have to be teaching our children to wait. To wait. Just wait. Relax. The world is not coming to an end. The heavens is not caving in. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Hallelujah. 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 Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Prophetic word has to be coupled with the right timing. Timing. There's a time and season for everything in life. Ecclesiastes chapter number three. There's a time to be born and there is a time to this. There is a time to love. There is a time to this. There is a time for everything. Then number seven. I want to bring this. This is not mandatory, but let me bring it in. The force of sacrifice. The force of sacrifice. You can activate the prophetic word. You can hasten the performance of the word of God over your life by applying the force of sacrifice. Look at 2 Kings chapter number 3. 2 Kings chapter number 3 and verse number 5 specifically. Here, there was a word that comes to the king and it tells Israel that Israel... I'm going to give these enemies into your hands. I'm going to, you are going to wipe them out. You are going to destroy them. You are going to pull down their strongholds. You are going to have unquenchable victory over these ones. The word was clear. The word was loud. But it happened. When Ahab died, that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. Verse number six. So, King Jehoram went out of Samaria at that time, and mustered all Israel. Then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, saying, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go up. I am as you are. My people as your people. My horses as your horses. Uh huh. Then he said, which way shall we go up? And he answers by way of the wilderness of Edom. Go to verse 11 very quickly. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. Who poured water on the hands of Elijah? Listen, that's a very important qualification. What was the qualification of Elisha? Don't forget this. Elisha had a double portion of the anointing upon the life of Elijah. Elisha practically walked out of prosperity. He he was from a very rich home. The dad had a thriving, you know, fully functional business. But once he received the call, he abandoned all and went after God. To fulfill his destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But what was his only qualification? Was it a Bible school certificate diploma? No. Did he go to um, um, a seminary college? No. Um, did he say he was a deacon? No. Did he say he was a prophet? No. He said he, his only qualification was that he poured water in the hands. He poured water in the hands. You know what that means, right? He poured water. That means he ministered to him. He was there. He was there, just like we saw in the case of Joshua. Joshua was not one of the prominent leaders in Israel. He wasn't. He wasn't among 17 princes. He wasn't, but he was there. When Moses goes up to pray, he's close by. He was ministering personally to the man of God. Hallelujah. And see what happened from verse number 12. 
Verse number 12. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Uh -huh. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophet of your father and the prophet of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Verse 14. And Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. Mm -hmm. But now, bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. The hand of the Lord came upon him. Worship is so important. Worship is so vitally, vitally important. I can't stand it when I see people who are lethargic in the place of worship. I can't understand it for the life of me when people stand with a spirit of religion during the time of worship. I still cannot wrap my mind around it when I see onlookers, people looking left, right, and center and wondering what the heck is going on on during worship. I don't understand it. My, I wasn't raised by a pastor. My dad was not a pastor. My grandfather was not a pastor. I don't have any Christian heritage I'm proud of. I am a first generation Christian, but I understand something. That if you are dumb enough, if you are if, if you are crazy enough to worship God, he blesses you. He empowers you. He puts your enemies to shame. Somebody said yes. I don't understand it. They go to their places of work and they are, and they are, and they, are, they operate like servants. Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. Yes man, yes man, yes man. They go to the schools, they suck after the professors. They look at the professors like gods and goddesses and they come to the house of God and you see their braggadocious attitude. Listen. I was teaching my children 2 days ago. I said, listen, I said, every Sunday, this is what God does. When praise worship is about to start, their mother went to work. I said, the angels, they go and they call themselves. I said, hey, leave everything you are doing. Leave the mall, stop mowing the lawns. Leave the kitchen. It is time for worship. Something is about to go down. Heaven is about to invade the earth. Somebody shout Hallelujah. And they said, come, where can we look at to see the spotlight today, the action, the boiling point today? And they say, 6051 North Brookline Avenue, Suite 133, OKC 73112. Hallelujah. And they say, watch. And they tell themselves, say, watch, just watch. This a bunch of crazies. They are crazy for me. They are dope. They are willing to do anything. They are willing to leave their friend behind. They are willing to put their college degrees aside. Somebody said yes. And they say watch. And they say watch. And they call themselves. They say watch. Just watch. Just watch. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Let me, let me push this baby out. Let me push this baby out. He says sit down. Sit down. He says you see them. You see the men. You see the choir. Wait. Just wait. Just wait. See. Just wait, see. Just wait, see. The 
pastor can dance. He can worship. The choir can dance and can worship. Say, but wait, 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 wait. Say, but there's somebody who's a catalyst in the church. I like him. He gives it recklessly. With reckless abandon. He doesn't even mind the beats. He doesn't know soprano. He doesn't know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He just shakes his body. He doesn't matter whether you like it or not. He said, look at him, look at him. He's one of the Mbosovo boys. Yes. He said, look at him, look at him, look at him, look at him. Look at him, look at him. He said, look at him. And they gather. And they come to the balconies of heaven. And they stay in the balcony. They say, wait, 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 wait. They say, watch, 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 watch. My children are here. Ask them. I was preaching in the house. Maybe you were sneezing them. I was the one calling your name. But I'm sure you were sneezing. I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, and the heavens, everybody comes and they're looking at him. And they're looking at him. And then the guy comes and does everything. And I hear one of the angels say, yes! Hallelujah! One man can hold the attention of heaven. One man. One man. I didn't understand it. Listen. Sir, people who worship God, they live longer. People who worship God, they live happier. They may go through all these storms that you go through, but they come out on top. It's like nothing happened to them. They go through all kinds of attack. Yes, they are standing. Don't you understand it? Listen. We are the men in the house. It takes a real man to worship God. We are the single girls in the house. I said, we are the single girls in the house. Oh, you're ashamed to be called a single girl. This is how people receive their breakthroughs. Many are called. Few are chosen. Somebody shout yes. Never you marry any man who is not a worshiper of God. Because when you are worshiping, he will think you are crazy. Is it something? something? I don't have time to go to the book of Malachi. You know what the book of Malachi says? You see, the time is coming. You see, the proud and the arrogant, the pompous, he said, they shall all come and bow. You know, when you are serving God, now people think you don't know you are out of your mind. Now, this is what I tell people. What's the point? Hallelujah. Okay, maybe you are a basketballer. Can you play basketball more than Steve Curry? He's a believer. He's a believer. Listen, he's married. I think he has two children now. Why others have played the fool all over the place? He's married with two children. He pays to serve God. Give me that. Let me run through. 
this very quickly. Uh, give me that last verse. Second Kings, I think I was in verse 11. Hallelujah. You see, so, yeah, we've gone beyond that. Go to verse 19. Go to verse 19. Verse 19, very quickly. He said, so, this is the word of the Lord, down from the prophet to the kings. He said, and you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Verse 20. Now it happened. In the morning. No, go to verse Verse 26, verse 26. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, the word of the Lord has come. And Israel went to war. And they were getting the upper hand. They were getting the upper hand over the enemies. They were getting the upper hand. They were defeating them like the word of the Lord said. You see, after God speak, you know, you still have to back it with actions, right? Okay, why didn't God speak? And they just kill all the enemies. You still have to go out there and fight. You still have to go out there and start the business. You still have to go out there and hit the gym. You still have to go out there and get the college diploma. You still have to go out there and ask for, for are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the word comes that you're going to be victorious. So now they go into action and see, see what happens. And when the king of Moab, that the enemy force, and when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, he took with him 700 men who drew swords. I mean, the best of the best. The strongest. He picked out the rangers. He picked out the green beret. He picked out the six guys. The toughest. The sharpest. The one with the brightest mind. 700 strong. Who drew the sword to break through to the king of Edom. But they could not. But they could not. The next verse. Then, you see, he has done everything in natural. Nothing happened. He was still losing. 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 Going down. And he takes the battle to the spiritual. This is not a Christian man. Listen. Then he took his eldest son, who would have reigned in his place, and offered him as a bond offering upon the wall. <laughs> and there was great indignation against Israel. So they departed from him and returned to their own land. Did you see what just happened here? An ungodly king saw that the battle was against him. You know what he did? He took his best sacrifice. You see, that his eldest son represents his future. He took his future, the one who will have reigned in his stead, and sacrificed him. And immediately, ah, the Israelites say, What? And even God began to walk on their hearts. And they began to pull back from him. They began to pull back. Now, I'm not saying go and offer human sacrifice, but I'm just saying that this demonic man. 
knew the power of sacrifice. And with the power of sacrifice, he was able to truncate the prophecy from the king of kings. With the power of sacrifice, he was able to stop the advancement of the people of God. With the power of sacrifice, he was able to roll back the heavenly mandate upon the tribe of Israel with the power of sacrifice. The power of sacrifice. Listen. I do this. Once my word comes, the first thing that leaves, before I even pray anything, my offering that goes with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are times I carry sacrifice on your behalf and I give that you don't even know. Glory to Jesus. When a word comes that you know is your word, you see when your word comes you will know, nobody will tell you. Do something about that word. Do something about that word. Listen, I know a pastor. Last December, the Lord told him, He said, You will enter this new year with zero in your savings account. He said, Enter with zero. That means, you know what that means? Everything. pastor like that. Don't ask me who the pastor is. Because I will not tell you. He said, enter with zero. He said, watch me. <laughs> Listen. You can activate your prophecy by the power of your seed and your sacrifice. He says, faith without works is dead. The giving is the works that shows that you have faith in what God has said. But you see some of them, when they come to give testimony, they come here, they put a small envelope. How does they have? They put, nobody told them. If you don't put, that's fine. Hello, I've seen some crazy things in this church. I can never forget a family. The moment they discovered they were pregnant, that the baby entered, I didn't even know. The moment they realized it, the first thing was to package an offering. And came. I think the husband and the wife. Package an offering. And they released, I think it was about 500 and something dollars. Say, Pastor, we just realized that the Lord has blessed us with a seed. Pastor, we want to sow a seed. Was this the first action? Was a seed. Do you think they know what they are doing? Yes. See, I'm telling you this so you will know, because like I said at the workers' meeting this morning, we expect children to know, but we have not taught them, and now we are spanking them. You are supposed to know. They don't know. We have to teach them. And on the other hand, I've dedicated a baby in this church. After the dedication, 
Do you know how much the total dedication money was? $17. You dedicate a whole human being. You brought a whole human being to dedicate. Everybody that danced, everybody, $17. It's not the, listen, listen. I know that. This is one of my strong points. Are you hearing what I'm saying? $17. How can this one compete with that one? If you think the pastor will eat the money, write the check. And write number seven. Hallelujah Street. Heaven. Post it to heaven. Listen, I close with this, okay? We are not sowing and we are not giving to increase God's income. No. We don't give to give, increase God's income or his economy. God is too big for our currencies. Whatever those currencies are, God is too big for it. And I close with this scripture, Psalm 50. Psalm 50, specifically verse number 12. It says, if I were hungry, I will not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. Psalm 24 and verse 1. Psalm 24 and verse number 1. Hallelujah. These are secrets. These are secrets that the church or maybe the pastors these days, they are not man enough to talk about this thing. Psalm 24 verse 1, he said, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. God has no lack. But everything God tells you to do is for your own benefits. Glory to God.